Welcome to the Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. Yes, welcome to your weekly Gym Session. I am Jimmy Sabo. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, wherever you may be listening. I am writing solo this season. As some of you already know, this is the fan show. So make sure you get involved with the hashtag, hashtag the gym session. Or uh, tweet me at Sabo James or any of the uh, Footy Live social media platforms. I'm all over them and I will respond to every single one of you and I'll bring your thoughts and opinions to this podcast every single week. I've got a huge, now when I say huge, I mean huge podcast coming up. I've got a special guest joining us very soon, Matt DeBoer from the GWS Giants. I know you're thinking, how the hell did you score that, Jimmy? Well, you know, pull some strings, make some friends, and we get them on. Uh, He's agreed to come on for a chat, which I'm very excited about. Uh, We'll be speaking to another Carlton fan, a very important Carlton fan, who's going to talk all things Blues, because it is a big week for the Blues as well. And we've got some uh, huge topics to discuss, and a whole lot of opinions, and what a week it was. Um, I'm going to throw them all into your ears very, very shortly. So uh, let's get the adrenaline pumping for a gym session. But first, here's a quick recap of all the action from round four. Yes, Jimmy! The first bell of the weekend rang and it was Sydney who were late to their own English lesson at the SCG. Tim kicked a goal and had 22 disposals in his best ever dog day, night and afternoon. A few bruised and battered Bulldogs soured the 28-point win just a tad but it's nothing a cool beverage couldn't fix. A giant blockbuster at Giant Stadium was our Friday night movie as the mummy returned in a ruck and Collingwood found out there was nothing noble in being superior to their fellow man. Not even Big Cox could wills them over the line. A two-point loss and a needless injury to Jeremy had Buck shouting, How? King Charles Dixon had the power in Saturday's slaying of the Eagles as another shocking display left players with reddened faces. Just when Adam Simpson thought his team couldn't barass him anymore, Tom proved it was nothing but a huge hickey. The power went off with a 48-point win. Richmond completely stacked it on Saturday as the Saints would steal a five-goal victory. Rowan marshalled his troops and the Tigers would have looked more interested playing Cluedo. Maybe then they could have worked out it was the Butler with the three goals in the Marvel Stadium who was the real killer. All bets were off in the final stages of the Bombers-Blues game. Eddie gave away 50, Saad was already thinking about hitting the Townsend, and Liam Jones finally used his head to prevent a last-minute loss. One point was the final margin. Alice is in wonderland at Gold Coast as his sons burnt through another attempted block on their incredible run. Freo were brave and showed plenty of biff. Everyone got into the scuffle at one stage. It was Sarong, but also right. A 13-point win was due. Sunday's sadness started with Brisbane nearly kicking a humongous score, but not even a crouch could help the Crows dodge another seven goal smashing. The audience nearly fell asleep while watching a live performance of Cats as they clawed their way to a slender three-point win. The Demons are in football hell at the moment and look gone for all money. If only they could pull a lever to fix their problems. They'll now be on the hunt again for a good win. And finally, the Hawks continued their winning streak Chad put in the best spell since Wingardium Leviosa, and despite the travel restrictions, fans got to experience an authentic taste of Sicily. The Hawks got the win, but their fearless leader says the AFL have a few flights of Alistair's to climb before Clarko's happy. What a weekend! Opinions, opinions, opinions. Uh, But something you couldn't disagree with is the fact that it's the perfect moment 
to introduce our first guest. I'm really excited about this one, this man. He likes to keep a low profile, so I'm extremely fortunate and uh, privileged to have him agree to have a quick chat. He's undoubtedly the best tagger in the AFL. He's an absolute legend uh, for the GWS Giants. It's Matt DeBoer. Matty, thanks for having a chat, mate. Welcome. No worries, James. Looking forward to it. Well, I'll cut straight to the chase. How did it feel to sing the song for the first time in uh, 97 days? It must have been a, a pretty good feeling on Friday night, I can imagine. Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. A little bit of a relief as a uh, member of the leadership group to, to get back on the uh, on the winners list. But yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome feeling. It was a little bit weird to be standing uh, socially distanced, but it's um, obviously appropriate at the moment. And it's also a you know, first first win for, for young Lockie Ash, who I, I promised we'd get him a, a Gatorade shower after he um, had a couple of disappointing performances the week before. So uh, yeah, that's always a good feeling. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And you've got a pretty good record against the Pies. Did you feel um, confident going into that one? You you seemed to match up pretty well. Yeah, we had, we had a really good week um, internally. You know, obviously had a disappointing result the week previously. So we had a, you know, some really good um, learnings from the, from the clips that we watched in the last sort of two rounds. And we were really confident in general. Um, we know if we get our Giants football brand going, it doesn't really matter who we play. But you're right, like we do... We do enjoy playing, you know, in, in the big games and Collingwood with other form teams. So we, yeah, we really look forward to that challenge and um, and yeah, traditionally match up well. And there's always a you know hot, hot contest and um, a thrilling finish for the fans, which is what we're all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a brilliant finish on the edge of my seat for uh, for majority of it. Um, was there any? You mentioned obviously last week was a little the, the week uh, prior was a little bit disappointing. Was there anything different that you did uh, personally or maybe the team did during the week? Um, was there a different focus or anything that um, that resulted in that kind of performance? Yeah, so obviously the first couple of rounds back, you know, from, from being honest, it's probably a little bit of, bit of rust on on a few of the boys and you know, myself included and just sharpening up on our, our game plan and our values. So we quickly realigned there and um, saw all the, all the footage that we needed to and made a couple of structural changes around stoppage and, and obviously um, you know, there was a few personnel changes as well but the belief was unwavering like we were really confident you know going into the game regardless of the sort of prior couple of weeks so we trained our I guess our um you know our contest method you know really hard and big focus on that with you know how Collingwood are so good and, and Grundy in particular um and then yeah reviewed our, our team defense measures pretty pretty strongly as well and and then just made a commitment to each other I guess and and um Cogs you know as captain just had a frank chat to the group about coming with the right mindset so there's plenty of belief there, and we just know we need to realign to our values and our system. Yeah, yeah, nice. And Tom, you mentioned Lockie Ash before, but there was also another youngster, Tom Green. He had a huge game. He had a huge last quarter as well. What's he seems an impressive man. I've seen, seen him talk a little bit now, but um, what's he like behind the scenes? What's his um, kind of persona? Yeah, I think Toby Green's a little bit flattered as a new Green in town, but um, <laughs> no, he's a great kid. Um, really, really humble. Really eager to keep learning continually, you know, always asking questions on how his body work or his running patterns can improve, you know, I had to run with him a few times in sort of match simulation over pre-season, they could tell he's a, he's a beast and going to be a serious player for, for a long time. Um, little fun fact, he's actually partially deaf in his, in his left ear, so oh, yeah. that's, that's his excuse when he doesn't pass <laughs> the ball, he reckons, so get on his right side. Yeah. No, but he's a great kid and... Got a very bright future. Yeah, nice one. Um, you you had a really solid game as well. Um, I thought on Friday and uh, took care of Steel Sidebottom pretty comfortably. Where do you rank him on um, the best players you've you've had to tag? He'd be up there, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, Steel's obviously a superstar and he's right up there. Just his, his running power and 
Um, yeah, just obviously keep trying all, all day. So I, I, I'm very fortunate, mate, with, with the help I get from my teammates, and it's always a, a team approach. So you know, I rely on, on them to help me. Mm, yeah, you're a bit modest, mate. You, you're, um, you're a crucial part of that uh, midfield group for sure. Um, it must be a, a pretty different feeling, I'd say, after a win um, at the club. Uh, is there a is what's the mood like this week? I'd say you'd be pretty excited facing the Hawks uh, back at home um, on Sunday. Yeah, so there's actually always great vibes around Giants HQ. I think we're um, out of the sort of Melbourne media bubble at times, which has its pros and cons. But um, yeah, certainly always good to get a win, particularly on a nine-day break. And um, you know, a few of the boys have done a bit extra you know, this week, taking the opportunity with a with a few more days. But yeah, certainly great vibes, and um, you know, great that we'll be able to get some fans, I guess, in this this week to, and to see us take on the Hawks. You know, they're moving really well. So once again, we get another. Um, yeah, a good contest to look forward to. I know you can't give away much, but uh, I have to ask. Zach Williams is obviously out for a month, and uh, Phil Davis has got a test. How are they tracking um, at the club? Is there any news you can you can fill us in on, and how they're going? Um, no, not, not really. To be honest, we've got our main training in a couple of days, so that'll be um, the main one for, for Phil and see how he's going. Mm. Yeah, obviously disappointed with um, with Zachy, but he's. Um, I think he's Wolverine. He'll, he'll heal quickly, and you know, we'll get him back, um, you know, as soon as we can. So do the right thing by their recovery, and obviously they're, they're both a little bit disappointed. But um, yeah, Phil feels optimistic that he can uh, train in a couple of days, and then really go from there. I think. Um, they're obviously now best team, so we'd love to have them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just quickly, your thoughts on the on the current game? Obviously, there's been a whole lot of opinions thrown out, especially this weekend on um, the shorter quarters and what kind of um, changes could be made to make the game better. From a, from a player's perspective, what's your thoughts on the current game? There's the shorter quarters, the training restrictions now are obviously hard, the hubs and that sort of thing. Is there an asterisk on the premiership? What from a player's perspective, what's it been like? Is is it business as usual, or is it hard to focus with everything? We'll be back after a quick break. To be honest, it's like it is what it is, and, and you quickly train you know, as an athlete, you know, to, to just embrace what is and, and maximise that. So I think, um, although it is, you know, unfortunate for I've got a lot of good mates and you know in the in the hubs and, and things like that, and you do feel for them, but more so the families back home and and things like that. So it is less than ideal, um, but I think the team that can you know embrace the, the chaos a little bit and um, quickly find the best way to to capitalise on, on the, the nuances of the of the modern season, um, you know, will go a long way to ultimately winning. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do. Um, yes, I'd certainly prefer it to be you know, longer quarters and <laughs> suits, um, suits me a little bit more. And, yeah. you know, if you're, obviously the hubs aren't ideal, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So we've just got to uh, embrace it and, and get creative where we can. Like, you know, as a, um, as a team, 
know, we're, we're predominantly in our groups of eight throughout the week. So, you know, we're jumping on Zoom chats as a leadership mm. group or in our line group meetings and staying connected and driving the values and behaviours we want in sort of, you know, creative ways at times. So, um, and for me, there'll be, there'll be no asterisks on the season, you know. When, you, when you're catching up for the grand final reunion, you won't be, won't be talking about that, I can guarantee it. So, I mean, arguably, this year will be the the most special premiership to win with the, with the adversity associated. So, you know, we're, we're trying um, <coughs> even harder if, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah, no, I can imagine. One hundred percent agree with the uh, with the asterisk comment there. Just on you personally, you've been a busy man. I've seen off the field as well. You're interested in you know, your tech, your health, uh, new business ventures, that sort of thing. What uh, what projects are you working on at the moment? You've got the lockdown league, you've got the lockdown club. Um, well, what are you what are you doing off field at the moment? Yeah, I've done a bit of study. I sort of classify myself as a student athlete. So I did a commerce degree in in WA. Um, took me took me eight years. I've gone pretty slowly there with one to two units a semester, but got through that and um, done the Australian Institute of Company Directors course as well, and did an online unit at Harvard in disruptive strategy. So really enjoy that space, and then yeah, I guess trying to use some of that knowledge and um, and yeah, helping some some ventures in the sort of tech health space as well. So um, helping out a a health tech company in West Australia called IntelliCare, which is really great, and um, providing some consulting to a probiotics company as well. So, yeah, I'd like to um, stay busy. Just before I let you go, mate, on the uh, on the gym session, we like to get to know our guests a little bit uh, bit deeper. So I've got some uh, 10 quick questions about yourself. I know we're all uh, interested to know a bit about uh, Matty DeBoer and his personal life. Are uh, you happy to go through them? Yeah, mate, hit me. All right, sweet. All right, so favourite food? Uh, South Downing Sandwiches is a real treat in, in Sydney, so highly recommend. <laughs> nice. Favourite movie? Uh, remember the Titans and Inception are, are a tie. Yes, yes, love them. Uh, your favourite sport outside of footy? Uh, I'm in an NFL fantasy group with a few um, current and ex-players, so the NFL. NFL yeah. What's your team? Uh, New, Orleans, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, brilliant. Favourite social media platform? Uh, LinkedIn, which might be a bit LinkedIn. of a different answer. But. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's good. And uh, besides me, who's your favourite journo? Oh, um, <laughs> no, i got to go with James Sabo, mate. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, thanks, good mate. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Obviously not Victoria at the moment. Yeah. Um, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, pre-game ritual. Um, oh, my partner thinks I'm less affectionate game day, but I'm sure if that's a ritual. <laughs> um, I like to get to the uh, yeah. I just like to get to the ground early and um, and I walk out there you know when the stadium's empty and sort of just take it all in and you know see little shadow steps and um, a couple of set shots of goal. But yeah, I like to do that just when it's really uh, really empty. Yeah. Nice phone call or text. What's your preferred? Uh, text. Text, yeah. Uh, your best mate at the club? Uh, uh, Lockie Cash. Yeah. And uh, last one here. If you could recruit any player from another team, who would it be? Any other player? Um, uh, I'll go Tendai Mazungu. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice answer. Very nice answer, mate. Oh, that was enjoyable. Good. It was. Uh, it was nice to get um, <clears throat> get to know Matty DeBoer a bit closer, mate. And I really appreciate you uh, giving up your time and coming on the podcast. Uh, you're an absolute legend. No, no, drivers, mate. All the best. Cheers, Matty. There you go, Matty DeBoer. What an absolute legend. 
I uh, can't thank him enough for coming on and uh, having a chat with me. And like I said, he's a man who keeps a low profile. So to come on and have a chat and let us know a little bit about the man behind the tagger um, is a great privilege and thrill. So thanks for that, Maddie. The Giants uh, were, were good. They were fantastic. They bounced back. Um, I didn't tip them, I'll be honest. I didn't tip the Giants. Uh, probably should have. In hindsight, when you look at the stats and the record they have at Giant Stadium and the way they match up on the pies normally, um, they've got the wood over them. And uh, they continue to uh, build their record against the pies. They were, yeah, they were ultra impressive. Oh, the two greens as well on the field were, uh, were fantastic. Um, does it make me believe that the pies can't win the flag? No. I mean, it happens. Um, can they win it without how? Yes. We have, you know, we have that same conversation every time a big. I know it's normal, but every time we have a big injury, there's always that say, that tweet or that, that comment straight away, the headline. Can they do it without how? Of course they can. Of course they can. But then you get the people who call up and they start the trend. They're gone. How's the most important player? He's not, they're not going to do it. They can do it. They said the same thing about Rance. They said the same thing about Rance. The Tigers can't win without Rance. You can't see them winning a premiership without their most important defender. Now, he's the most. there's no doubt he's the most important defender. And uh, he plays an imp- a, a crucial role. They'd love to um, cut teams off. They want them to play down the line. They like intercepting. They slow the game down at times to, to force teams to, to kick down the line. And then they get their, their strong interceptors to um, to take those important grabs. Now, he's going to be... It, it's, a, it's a shocking loss for the Pies. Is it is it all doom and gloom? No, it gives someone else an opportunity to step into that role. And without the Rance injury, we wouldn't have seen the growth of Dylan Grimes. So, I mean, there's always those opportunities yeah, opportunities there. So it's not all doom and gloom, Pies fans. There's still a lot of time. Um, speaking of time, the agenda was set on, on Monday. Well, Sunday night it set it because it was two horrible games, okay? And they were horrible skill-wise, no risks taken, uh, sloppy affair, congested, that sort of thing. Nice finish to the Hawthorne north melbourne game but yes i agree it was not a good spectacle but the fact that it was on the 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 last two games around the everyone lost their minds on monday came around yeah change the game it's cooked it's done clark i said it's cooked it's done no it's not mate it's not relax let's take a breath it's fine friday night we had a great you know a great spectacle between gws and collingwood there's been good games there's positives to come out of this weekend Right? It's not hard to find negatives. We live in a world where outrage is, is the new black. Outrage is the, is the rage these days. Let's all be outraged about something. Be outraged that the game is cooked now. It was all, you know, we didn't have footy. Everyone was complaining. We've got footy. Everyone's complaining. There has to be, you know, just let it go. Just because Clarko shit cans the game doesn't mean we all have to do it. You know, there are, there, there are things that actually happened that were positive. So for the first time in AFL, VFL history, we had a weekend of footy where games were decided by one, two, three, and four points, respectively, right? So all that talk of equalisation, people were complaining back in the day because it wasn't equal enough. Oh, the the, the big teams are going to keep winning. Well, equalisation was in place, and now it's, and this is the most open season we have ever, ever, ever seen, ever. Every team has a legitimate chance, you could say, they've got to run at the flag. Apart from the Crows, Melbourne, and Freer. Okay, everyone else maybe has a, has a run at the flag, right? It's so open. It, this is this is this is a good thing. Anyway, other than that, 
I digress. Where the hell was my next point? It's equal, right? Uh, tipping's hard, which is what you want. It's entertaining. And also, it was the first time ever, that's what I was going to say, first time ever we have seen a match where the, there was no behinds kicked in the uh, in the first half. Frio and the Suns, who would have picked that? They kicked 13 goals straight. Straight during the opening two quarters of the Saturday Night Clash. That is huge. That is huge. But no, we want to focus on the negatives because that's the story and that what, that's what makes the headlines. All right? I don't like that. That's not that's not my no. Out oh, the game is cooked on fr- and you go back to when was it? Fr- the same the same guys are calling up and saying that it was oh, it was a fantastic game last night. Collingwood GWS that's how the game's good. I'm happy it's back. Then on Sunday after Clarko says something, no, it's cooked. Change it. We want fourteen aside. No holding the ball. I agree that holding the ball should be played paid more often, right? It should be. Okay, the, the the rules cooked. Back in the day, we used to we used to be trained even as kids. Like you do a three, you you wrap them around three sixty, bang, holding the ball. That's it. Move on. Incorrect disposal. Move on. Yes, it would ease up congestion. That's fine. But then how, you know, it gets knocked out. It's hard to adjudicate. I understand that. Yes, the umpires can improve somewhat. But if you can just blame the umpires solely and crack the crack the shits because you had a bad game and the boys couldn't execute, I don't know. Well, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Hashtag the gym session. Let me know what you think because I'm very interested. In all your thoughts. So let's get to some tweets. All right, and Nick Guglielmino, he, he uh, tweeted me. Very popular journal here. Uh, works at Sportsmate as well. A good friend of mine. And I commented, uh, basically reiterating what I already told you. And uh, he said, only three teams managed to score over 80 points. Just one more than last week. All well and good for the last five minutes to be close. But the other 85 minutes is a struggle to watch if it isn't your own team playing. And any team playing Adelaide this year will have at least 25 shots. Now, you made some very good points, and I agree that you're playing Adelaide, you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have a hell of a lot of shots. But Port Adelaide still managed 24 as well. And that's against a side in West Coast who were one of the, the premiership favourites. They still managed 24 shots. Scoring over 80 points, it's not about all the time the amount of points you score as well. I mean, 80 points in the, you know, the quarters are 20 20% shorter. We had the same same conversations last year where the game was cooked and then that that fades away and then there'll be a new issue and then there'll be something else. And then, I mean, what was it? Last week was the, the Conor McKenna thing. Um, and Jesus, I mean, I don't want to get into this, but how reliable are these tests? If, he, if, he's, if he's got irregularity on the Friday, then he tests positive, then two days later he tests negative, and then he's negative again. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to get in trouble here, but geez, I mean... I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, look like the most reliable, reliable uh, system at the moment. If that's the case, I don't know. I don't want to say anything, but the numbers are going um, going haywire at the moment, and it's uh, causing fixture changes as well. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pissed. I was ready to watch Richmond and West Coast on Thursday night. Now it's going to be Carlton and, and uh, St Kilda, and all these new fixture changes are going to come in. And quite frankly, I think we're all sick of it. We're all sick of it. We. And I just want footy. Let's just play footy. We will deal with whatever happens. And um, that's it. We're in uh, unprecedented times. And that's why I think it's so much more prestige in winning the Premiership this year than other years because it's going to be so hard um, to win it. And, I mean, the comments from... um, I will get to the next tweet. But the comments from um, Trent Cochin uh, today, earlier today, um, when he said that... There was a chance 
I think I want to get his direct quote because I don't want to misquote him. And people have flipped over this. So he said, there is a genuine chance some of his teammates may opt out against moving interstate, uh, moving to an interstate hub if the Tigers are required to relocate. Yes, absolutely, he said. So um, he didn't for all those guys who called up <coughs> on the radio and went, oh, what an absolute flog. If they don't want to be there, piss off. Well, it's not as simple as that. I mean, yes, it's not a great look. Um, as a Tiger supporter, I'd like him. I'd like them to be the, to say any any place, any time. If we need to go to a hub, we'll go to a hub and we'll go and win win the flag. That's what we want to do. Um, but yeah, that, that is true. I mean, people have kids. You know, they might have sick parents. They might have sick siblings. They might have different things in their life going on that we don't know about. So instead of him kind of saying, "Yeah, we're all going to go." He's saying there's a genuine chance that some players could opt out. So maybe they had those conversations internally and saying, you know, I'm not keen to go and that sort of thing. That worries me more than any on-field um, kind of performances. Uh, Tigers have gone through slumps before, but if, if they're talking about not committing to the cause, I mean, I said, Matt DeBoer sounded extremely confident in his um, in his take in, in um, whatever happens, they'll deal with it and they're, and they're going to they'll move forward in the best way they can. I think that's that's got to be the, the mentality. Any place, any time, let's go and win this thing. So, I mean, he's copping a bit of... He's copying it a bit, Koch, um, for those comments, but he's an honest bloke and, you know, there's only so much you can say, I guess, when you're asked a question like that. Another tweet we had from Matthew Mecca, locking the Blues for finals. Um, and if my timing is correct, that was halfway through the game. So the game hadn't even finished. I think he would have been uh, looking a little bit foolish if they had gone down. Locking the Blues for finals, not too sure. Um, I'm going to talk to a super fan in a second. Um, in uh, Sean Woodward, and he can talk more about the Blues. In my opinion, Blues for finals, why not? I mean, they've beaten the Cats. To their best, they can they can probably compete with anyone, can't they? You'd like them to fight for finals. I think anyone can play finals in this year if they have the right mentality. I think mentality is going to be it's going to be the thing that wins it this year. Um, if you manage well, got the right mentality, you can you can have a chance. Another tweet, Lachlan Mitchell. Well done, Jim. Kicking goals with terrible puns and not a bad opinion. Geez, I hope the Tigers beat the Saints this week. Hashtag the gym session. Thanks, Lachlan Mitchell. No, we didn't beat the Saints this week. God, about the Tigers. Where do I go from here? Tigers. So, it's not all doom and gloom, like I said. They can bounce back, but some, uh, the axe needs to swing again. The axe needs to swing again. Um, they made a statement with his changes. Um, did it help our pressure around the ball? No. Did it help our enthusiasm? No. Did it help our kicking? No. Um, they look flat. They looked really flat. Um, yeah, something something's not right at the club. But we've been through these patches before, haven't we? We've been through these patches before. Um, the Tigers have, and they've bounced back from them. And it's not all doom and gloom because we, we saw we saw in times it, where it's it's turned completely around. Now something just needs to click. Now Brendan Gale has said something about the fans making an impact and that sort of thing, but that enthusiasm, that want, that will has to come internally. Surely you can't rely on the fans to get you up. I know it will make a difference, but geez, if you're relying on the fans, I think something's wrong because other teams have been able to click and click quickly. The positive thing we can take out of the weekend, Lachlan and, and for all those Richmond fans, is that despite the Tigers getting dominated, um, they had just just uh, four less clearances than the Saints. They had just one less shot at goal. So they had 17 shots. The, tie, uh, the Saints had 18. And uh, they had one more inside 50. So 
they still generated enough opportunities to be in that game and even win that game. But that's that's Tigers at their absolute worst, I think. I mean, the, oh, their worst was against Hawthorne. But that's close to their worst, what they did on the weekend. And they were still in the game. So if the, if the Saints didn't kick straight, it's... Um, it's no, there's no crisis at the moment, I'll say. There's no crisis. The Tigers have still got time to come back, and a few players will lose their spot. Sydney Stack needs to needs to head out for some... Um, needs to find some inspiration from somewhere. He just looks like a, a different player. Um, he was a smooth operator. He was a fantastic um, ball mover, played with confidence and pace. And then on the weekend and this season, he's just been fumbly. He looks unsure of himself. He tried to get in the game... Um, uh, late when Dimmer put him um, uh, up forward, but it was just too late. wasn't good enough. Right, the Blues are back in the headlines as well uh, for the right reasons now, which is good. Um, I've got someone on the line to talk, Carlton. Uh, he's a Carl- he's the Carlton correspondent. He's the man. He's a producer at Three AW. You may remember him uh, from uh, remember when on a Sunday night uh, with uh, Philip Brady and Simon Owen. He's a hard- hardcore Carlton fan for life. And he talks about heartburn and uh, acid reflux on a regular basis too. It's Sean Woodward. Shawnee, how's the chest? I'd like to think I'm the Gaviscon enthusiast. Thank yeah, you, you are. Um, you are. No, I'm st- I'll tell you what, we knocked back a few, so I had to go through the Gaviscon and the Mylander just to call the Jets on the Sunday afternoon. Don't worry about that. I can, so, I can imagine, mate. How was the heart uh, on Saturday night? Oh, it's always great to beat the Bombers. Um, you know, being a Carlton supporter, you learn to grow up to hate two sides, and that's Collingwood and Essendon. Mm. I actually don't mind the Maggies, but the Pop Bombers and, uh, yeah, it's largely due to some family connections with you. I love your family as Essendon. Yeah. And it was a, a good four-year block where Essendon did a number on Carlton, so there's a lot of uh, memories there that are very achy-breaky, so it's always good to get one over the arch enemy. Definitely. And were you surprised, mate? I spoke when we speak like two, three weeks ago, and you were pretty down on the Blues, mate. Before the Geelong game, I think a lot of Carlton fans had the uh, the view that, it, you know, you're not going to make finals, let's just try and improve week on week. But surely now the, the view's changed. It's finals time, isn't it? <laughs> That's funny. No, Thursday night is a massive game. So, we, you know, it's last two weeks have been really impressive and We've been able to do a lot of things, you know, right and worked hard and, and been able to, you know, I think, you know, having guys like Sam Doherty in the side, just so influential. Just his, 30, just 32 composer. touches as well on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's a star. I mean, he's just, he's all I'm going to call, he's probably just as important as Cripps. Um, he's just sensational. He just sets the back line up, he's a calm head, he just does the little things, and you get Eddie Betts in there as well. That's just, that's just absolute... It's a different side. So, look, we've got to obviously get the Saints Thursday. Look, two sides are probably in this, exactly the same boat with lists and, um, you know, just sort of culture-wise the last year or two. It's probably, you know, I couldn't think of actually two better clubs to be playing on a Thursday night because they're very, very similar. Yeah, so, yeah, oh. look, I mean, finals time, oh, mate, who knows with the movable feast landscape that we're in? Who knows what... Footy's going to look like in a couple of weeks' time. So I wanted more out of you, Wood. I get you on here to talk as a Carlton supporter. Surely you're more up and about than just taking it week week on week. It's nah, got to be. No, nah, we're going to win the flag. Yeah, it's, <laughs> nah, nah, it's look, to be honest, um, no, I'm very impressed. I, yep. I didn't expect the Geelong performance. That was a real. That was probably the best win since we knocked off your boys in the final. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, uh, yeah, no, look, I think, you know, I mean, 17 game season, you just get a bit of a run on, you just don't know. But, yeah, look, I'm a very, <laughs> when you've seen five wooden spoons and two second last, you're always driving the left hand lane. Yeah, before I ask you about Thursday night, Wood, um, Carlton, you mentioned the rivalry there. Is it is it really that, I, I'm starting to think that that rivalry is more, Essendon based now than it is Collingwood. Is that is that a is that a common theme now around Carlton supporters? They hate the bombers more than they yeah, hate the pies. Yeah, it's a it's a great point. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Collingwood and Carlton have played in pretty ordinary games of footy the last twenty years. Mm. I think the highest, I think the best or the closest result would be on three goals um, of one way mm. uh, or the other of a victory. So I think where the Essendon ones have been really close and. Um, you know, and it all probably stems back a lot to the 99 prelim when we, when Steve Brax won the unwinnable election and, you know, can't won by a point against the Bombers on the prelim form vote. So I think a lot of it stems to, back to there. So um, I would definitely most comfortably sit well with me saying we absolutely hate the Bombers over the Pies. So, uh, no, definitely for that one, Jim Bob. Very good. Thursday night, mate, I'm excited for it. And you mentioned it's a blockbuster. To get it on a Thursday, it's a bit of pressure to put on a, uh, a nice performance. How confident are you against the Saints? I don't know. Um, so it's a, inconsistent. I think they've got a pretty good spread of balanced side, actually, the Saints. At the moment, really right secure. They had a bit of an ordinary game against the Pies mm. a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, look, I think the game, game being moved to Marvel, which is just the brands of the AFL, um, is going to be a massive impact. If we had a play at the jail, we would say well, I would be more confident. But playing under a roof, where St Kilda have you know really made that place a fortress over the last twenty years, I think it'll be you know one of the deciding factors in the game. I think we will win. I'm confident that we we can win. But St Kilda have actually, um, apart from last time we played them, they've had a pretty good track record against the Blues. So mm. hopefully. Um, Zachy Fisher can come back in and, and Harry McKay because we need a bit of speed and just that extra marking ability with a big hope. So I'm going to call the Blues, but, you know, thanks to the AFL for moving the game to Marvel for some unbeknown reason. I love, I love your work, mate. It um, sounds a little bit like excuses as well, blaming Marvel Stadium. And, and calling, it a, calling it a fortress as well is pretty rich. Yeah, I wanted to, before you go, Wood, I wanted to ask you the Jack Silvani incident. Mate, I wanted to know what you thought, and and take the tweet aside. He was always going to say that. Either way, he was going to um, say it was uh, un- unlucky for me to cop a week. But what would you? What were you thinking, really, from a Carlton, Carlton supporter's perspective? Did he deserve a week? No way, nine. Did that deserve a week? It wasn't intentional. It wasn't malicious or anything like that. It was just a bit of a freak accident, my friend. So mm. no, I definitely believe that um, that did not deserve a week, yeah. and. Uh, you know, that's coming from someone that can't stand incident. So, exactly. there we go. That's good. That's why we get you on, mate. We want your perspective. Very measured, Wood. I appreciate that. Very good from you, mate. Good performance. Um, good luck on Thursday for your blue baggers. I'll be thinking of you on Thursday, and I think I'm going to tip the blues, actually. So, good luck, mate, and I will speak to you next time. Thanks right. for coming on. Uh, let's just, before you go, Jimmy, what's going on with the Tigers, my friend? What's yeah, well, the Tigers, we love to tune in the podcast to listen, mate, but the Tigers, don't well, I'll say this to you, Wood, don't worry. These little form slumps have happened before, and when they've happened... We have bounced back and we have won premiership, so I wouldn't be uh, writing the Tigers off just yet. Yeah. Mm. No, definitely, mate. But, uh, look, happy to chat with you, Jim Bob. You're a star. And uh, all the Carlton fans out there listening, 
two and two is a good spot to be. Let's make it three and two Thursday night for when we uh, do our little thing next week. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Thanks for jumping on wood. You're a legend. Don't See you, buddy. Bye. Mate. There you go. Bit of a uh, bit of confidence for the blue baggers on Thursday night and. Do I think they'll get the win? I, th- I was told him I'm going to tip them. I tell him that every week anyway. But no, I think I will tip them. I think I will tip the Blue Baggers. They're playing well. They could have won by five goals on the weekend, to be honest, um, the Blue Boys. And they got they got lucky in the end. Um, just uh, Jacob Townsend didn't make the distance. But, but in saying that, like I said, they could have won by five goals. Um, so they should be pretty happy, I reckon, um, the Blue Baggers. And they'll, they'll match up well against um, Saints. There's a lot of unknowns there. Like you said, you know, there's Petty Ryder come back in. Um, what sort of form um, is Carlton going to show at Marvel Stadium at a ground of um, historically being pretty poor at? So you know, it'll be an interesting one for sure. Now, I wanted to talk about Port. Now, I wanted to talk about Port because is, this is probably the week now where we go, you know what, they're actually the real deal. Stuff it. They played nobody. Yeah, everyone said that prior to this game. Even myself. They had they hadn't proved anything yet, but they've gone out and have smacked the Eagles. It's uh, it's incredible. And they were led by by King Charles. They're calling him now, Charlie Dixon. Absolute beast. He is a dominant forward. He's winning the Coleman with eleven, but he deserved it. He's he's deserved it. And uh, you know the form he's in. He looks ripped. He looks fit. He's another man. And here's a stat for you: sixty six percent of the time. Port win when Charlie Dixon plays. He just has to play, and and more often than not, they're going to win the game. So that's influence for you. And the, the contestant marks he took, I think there was six of them, and he took seven marks for the game or something, but he took huge contested marks, six contested marks, and and uh, was definitely a, you know, a sight for sore eyes of all those all those people who are missing the, uh, the full forward, the traditionalists who are missing the old-fashioned full forward. Well, there's one for you. Watch Charlie Dixon. Can they go all the way, Port? Of course they can. They're four and zip. This is a seventeen round season. Mate, they're playing some exciting footy at at, at, at the at this stage now. This is a, if for those guys who are saying the game's crap and in a bad state and who wants to watch games like this, watch Port Adelaide because I like the way they play. They play some smooth footy. Skills aren't always going to be good, but their their system is attractive. The Bulldog system is attractive when they're up and running. The Saints, if they can get it right, they're up and running and they're attractive. The Tigers, when they turn it around, they play attractive footy. Brisbane play some really attractive footy. Fast-paced. They could the, the, the Lions could have won by 75 point plus on the weekend if they had a kick straight. Lockie Neal kicked zero goals six. Wow. I mean, the shots that they had, what was it? Was it 33 shots at goal? 33 shots. It's ridiculous. Adelaide were non-existent. Non-existent they were. Um, so for me, I think Port and the, and the, and those other teams that are playing attractive footy, they can turn a lot of people's opinions if they actually want to watch the games rather than sit on the phone complaining and listen to what Clark has to say. I'll end on this. I will end on my quick tips of the week. Um, so we've got Carlton and St. Kilda at Marvel Stadium on Thursday night. And uh, I'm gonna tip. I'm gonna tip the Blues there. I think they can do it. Even though Marble Stadium, oh, I'm 50-50 on that one. Bloody hell! The Marble Stadium thing gets me. I reckon the Saints could probably do it. They like that that ground on the high after Richmond. Jeez, uh, I'm 50-50. No, I'll stick with the Blues. Um, Collingwood and Essendon. Pies will bounce back. West Coast and Sydney at Metricon. West Coast give me no faith whatsoever, and I don't think they're going to turn it around um, from what we've seen. Uh, last week was the one to do that against Port. Um, they don't want to be there, and uh, I think they might lose. 
And you go to Swannies in that. GMHBA Stadium. Geelong and, and the Suns. What a game. Uh, this is huge. You've had to say that at the start of the year. You've, you've been, uh, been laughed at. Um, I think the fact that it's at GMHBA, I'm going to go the Cats. Western Bulldogs and North Melbourne. I'm going to go the Doggies at Marvel Stadium. At the Gabba, we've got Brisbane and Port Adelaide. What a game. What a huge game. I'm going to go Brisbane. I'm tipping Brisbane. They look good Sunday. Adelaide and Frio at Metricon. The Crows will lose again. Um, Frio actually are showing some positive signs. Demons and the Tigers. I'm going to tip the Tigers. I hope they can turn it around, my God. But this is a this is a really good opportunity for the Demons to get some points if they want to take advantage of this form slump. And uh, the last game, the Giants and Hawthorne. I think what the Giants showed me, especially at Giants Stadium, they can beat the Hawks and they can do some damage for the rest of the season as well. That's all from me, guys. Hashtag the gym session. Please get involved with the show. I'll read out every tweet, every bit of feedback. Uh, you guys are the best. Thank you for joining me. And uh, until next time, take care of yourselves.